0: Welcome to The Dr. Deon Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion show. I am super excited. I'm joined today by my new friend, Dr. Tim Story. How are you, Tim?
1: New but good friend.
0: Exactly. I know. I mean, um, time does not determine the quality of friendships, correct? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much for coming on. I know uh, people who viewed your show. Um, and people, have been, they were anticipating that we'd reconnect, and so this is the, the, our, our, our um, reconnection. And yeah. I'm looking forward to interviewing you and uh, asking questions about your background and how you came to be Tim's story. So thank you for coming on today.
1: I'm looking forward to
0: it. Well, great. So for people who don't know who you are, can you give us, and I know you have a huge resume, I know uh, you are a spiritual advisor, you have gone to seminary, you've been on Oprah, you are a coach to the stars. Uh, you're minister. You you have there's there's nothing you don't do. You're Renaissance man. Can you can you share with us who you are? Like how, how do you define who you are?
1: I think um, my my life is defined by my background. Hmm. Uh, much of it is that um, we we were kind of born in um, an area where we were. We went through a lot of challenges early in life. We had seven people uh, in a two-bedroom apartment, and it, it felt cramped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. It's, a, it's an interesting thing that even in the cramped quarters, we were in Compton, California, that I was thinking big in small places because it did feel cramped. Seven people in a two-bedroom apartment. Wow. It gets cramped.
0: Absolutely.
1: So two parents and five kids. Mm. But so, so doctor, I had to think of ways to go beyond the cramped quarters. So for me, early on was little league baseball, uh, getting involved in basketball, sports, mm-hmm. was a good outlet to get out of the cramped quarters. Uh, later in life, my father, who was a steel worker for Bethlehem Steel, My mother worked at a place called Winchell's Donut Shop. Um, They just kept plugging away and making a little, little more money. Took us from there to then a three-bedroom house. And it wasn't as cramped. Yes. So my life went from cramped to not as cramped to not as cramped (laughs) to not as cramped to kind of Big. <laughs> um, I, I would, I would, say,
0: I would say so. I would say so. And, and actually, literally, probably metaphorically as well, because when you were in the the, the two bedroom apartment, I'm sure because you're also cramped. Or, uh, sorry, I don't want to assume, but did you also have to kind of have a, a a kind of broad imagination and to to find a way to escape, even though you're surrounded by people? Like, the imagination,
1: the the imagination, and that's a great uh, way of saying it. The imagination played a, a key role in all of our lives because. All of the five children are creative. All the five children have a, a really tremendous sense of humor. And I feel like we just had to play off the surroundings. Yes. So I think a lot of times when people are in a setback or in a dilemma, they go inward. We, we really didn't. We, we made the best of what we had. Mm-hmm. And so the imagination played a, a key role. And I'll tell you one thing that happened is that my, my cousin, who was older than me, he brought home this little disc that was a Motown record huh. of Stevie Wonder. Oh, wow. That was the first time I had heard Stevie. And then he had more Motown records. So I was like probably six, seven, eight years of age. And then, man, music just became such a big thing to me. Fantastic. Because me, me, I mean, you you could be in a one room place and hear great music, and it just takes you away. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. So
0: it so it sounds like even though you were in close quarters and you you came from humble beginnings, it sounds like you still got the the the, the grounding that you needed in terms of uh, just knowing who you are, the, the basics, the discipline, knowing who you are, and just and just doing the right things. Can you can
1: I'm you very thankful, that? doctor. I'm thankful for the um for the way I was raised because my mother uh was a disciplinarian. My father was at work a lot. So it's it's interesting that um you know, I learned to do dishes. I I learned to do dishes well. I learned to sweep, sweep well, wash floors, wash well, uh do laundry. So we all had to really fend for ourselves
0: wow um, handsome and domesticated <laughs> thank you
1: <laughs> i mean truly i can do all that stuff that's awesome. but when we but when we got a house my sisters knew how to mow the lawn wow that's awesome so i have attractive sisters that were out there on, with the with the push mower that's awesome we, we couldn't even afford the one that went like this <laughs> <laughs> so the- I, I thank god for small beginnings because of my biblical background the Bible says, "Despise not small beginnings." I thank God for the small beginnings because it it really helped develop character in my life. It helped me to be be patient. It helped me to be understanding, and those are traits that I've been able to really um, uh, help help me be who I am today.
0: I love that. I love that. And and can you share um, the loss that you experienced at, at around ten years old? Right, I. I found that, um, through my interviews with people, successful people, that seems to be a common theme that they've all experienced some kind of um, loss, like some kind of death in their family. can you Can you share that with us? Yeah,
1: what I'd like to say is that um, momentum is a hard thing to come by. Um, many times we we start with momentum. But we, many times, lose it for different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find this in a lot of families, that they're, they're doing real well, and then something tragic happens to them uh, um, or in their family. And so I felt like the Story family, we were starting to move up. We, we, we moved to this three-bedroom house. Uh, we were starting to feel like we were getting things together. We moved from a Volkswagen a bug with seven people in it. Wow. My my father saved and saved and saved and bought a brand-new station wagon with wood paneling. Wow. But, but one night he got in a car accident. He was actually hit by a policeman that had run a red light, bless his heart. Oh. He was only his second year in the force. He was chasing somebody down, did not have a siren on, runs a red light, hits my father, who was going to a green light, and kills him. I'm so sorry and so so it all shifted doctor in 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 one morning in in one knock on the door on a Sunday at about seven in the morning, things shifted because my mother was very strong i now had to hear her cry for the first time in my life. I never heard my mother cry in any situation mm. and so now. I could hear her crying from her bedroom um, about the loss of her husband. Wow. And she tried to keep it from us, but I could hear her crying.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Ooh, that was hard. I'm sure. That was hard. That was devastating. That was uncomfortable. And you know more about this than me, but I don't know the reasons it was uncomfortable, but it was uncomfortable. Yes. I'm so used to her being so strong, And now she was crying. And so my family was not prepared to take on that hardship. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it actually brought a real break and a division. And where I found that my brother now started making excuses to be with his friends a lot. Mm -hmm. My sisters hardly stayed at home. They were with their friends a lot, their girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Um, my older sister was already married. She'd only been married a year. But it was, it was, it was very challenging at that time.
0: I'm sure. And I, and I can't even imagine, because I, I lost my parents, as you know, um, later in life. And it was completely devastating, just like, flooring. And so I can't even imagine what it was like for you at that age. And, and I'm sure it, it was probably twofold. You're grieving your dad, but you're also worrying about your mother. So that must have been a very difficult time To um to to
1: come out of, yeah. And at the age of um, you know, ten years of age, you you then don't know how to really relate to her
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because I now I saw a a pain that I'd never seen pain like this, and you don't really um, have the words at ten to console. You're doing your best, and you don't know uh, how happy you should be because she's going through what she's going through. Yes. So it changed a lot of things in my life, the way school was now, the way even Little League Baseball was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really put um, kind of a cloud on what my life was about and our lives were about for a season.
0: Okay. And then, so can you discuss that that, that season? Because sometimes when people, when you talked about how your, your siblings reacted, and uh, I'm referring to how people deal with grief differently so some people their season lasts a year two years three years sometimes people they never get over those types of things so so what would you say to somebody who's who who has lost somebody who's listening right now who's struggling and it's maybe year one versus year six and and one thing i have learned is that the time does not necessarily determine the quality of of you getting over it it's what you do within that time so
1: i like that and i i also have studied grieving not to the point that you have but is that it seems like the, the, the average grieving time is about two to three years. Oh. And that, that grieving is like, a, it's like an inner turmoil or a moaning or a groaning. Okay. And the older I got as I started grieving more, as you know, it's not always a necessary thing because also, it's also a sign of the love that you had and have for the person that passed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's an interesting thing, as you know, I'm close to Oprah Winfrey. Oprah was supposed to go to South Africa one time, and one of her one of her dogs passed away, and it was a big South African trip that she literally canceled mm. because her dog passed away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, there it is—in the case of a pet, and the Oprah Winfrey canceled the trip because her pet passed away. Yes. And so grieving is real.
0: It, it really is. It really and is.
1: And so for me, without having counseling, um, I feel like the grieving process was was shorter. And I really found strength in God. We went to church. I found strength in God by hearing sermons, by being part of a, a group of kids that were church-going kids. And also found strength in my my teacher, I had a teacher by the name of Mr. Probert, and he uh, obviously knew that Tim Story's uh, father had passed, and I remember he was very attentive to me. Uh, Would pull me to his desk, ask me how I'm doing, uh, ask me how I'm feeling, and this was amazing. That's huge, yes. He He knew I was a very good Little League baseball player, and I remember a couple times, looking up in the stands, and there was Mr. Probert. Oh, He didn't come for any other kid. He was there, and the Little League was not connected to the school. So that means he had to find out when I played, Mm. and he sat in the stands and watched me. That is incredible. That really says a lot about the man.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, that's beautiful. What a gift.
1: Yeah, wow. so I think that's that's like you know sometimes God uh, brings people into our lives that we don't expect to help us during these times. Mm. Ecclesiastes he four nine says, "Pity the man who walks alone, mm. because if he falls, he has no one to help him up." And so I think what you do for work and what I do for work, and it's not just our work; it's our calling. Mm-hmm. Is that um, we help pick people up. Absolutely. And Mr. Probert helped pick me up after my father passed.
0: I love that. And I think that's a message to the, to the teachers because I, and I say, and I, I train teach, teachers as well, that they don't understand the power that they have to, with one word, one gesture, they can like destroy a, a child's self-esteem or they can elevate a child to a level that they, they would never even thought was possible. So that's why you have to take that job very, very seriously and, and, and be very careful what you say because you can yes. you can change um, a child's life. Like, look, you, you've met... You have everything you want i'm sure you've met many amazing people, and yet you're calling that teacher, which is huge I mean
1: one hundred percent i mean i've I've met as you know, some of the greatest entertainers in the world, and yet that man stays in my system and i and i've had the opportunity to go back and thank him in many ways because mm, i think, I think through words and I think through gifts, and so he 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 did a lot for me and he probably didn't even know at that time how much yes he, he did yes.
0: so now so what so just to change gears so what are it's kind of related what made you go into the seminary is was it was it that loss of the loss of your of your of your parent and
1: what was it that, that I think it, I think it was more understanding the call um, at 16 and 17 years of age i was very much involved in my youth group mm-hmm. And um, I, I felt called to be a humanitarian. I started doing a lot of research on the life of Mother Teresa. And in that time it wasn't through the internet because that wasn't happening like that.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So I, I read uh, two different books having to do with the life of Mother Teresa. And I decided that I want to be a humanitarian mm-hmm. and help the underprivileged in some form or fashion. So I ended up going to the seminary in Florida And um, the idea, again, was to to be a humanitarian. While I was there in my freshman year, I realized I had the gift to communicate. I was asked to speak to a ROTC group. Hmm. And I got up, I had my notes, and I was being very funny. People were laughing. Uh, It was engaging. And I remember the older guy that was there said, wow, wow, wow. What a gift. And you know, I had taken speech classes in high school, but this was different. I actually felt God's presence on me flowing through me. You know, little did I know that that would take me to 75 countries of the world, speaking to 80,000 people at the age of 27, the youngest man to speak to the U.S. Congress on spiritual issues in America. Wow. I didn't know that was just me at the ROTC. <laughs> I
0: love that. I love that. And that's that and that's a segue into one of, a quote that I love that you that you say and you say some some things in life you decide and some things in life you discover. So is that is that what is that what, where did that come from? Is that an example of, of what you're talking about?
1: 100% because I feel that um, we love to analyze everything. Mhm. Because that's what happens. If you're driving, your car is light yellow, green, or red. Um, If I'm about to go and turn right, is there somebody walking across the street? So Mm -hmm. we're constantly analyzing. Yes. I go to a restaurant. I have a menu. So I have all these choices. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that we are stuck on the decision mode, where sometimes You don't decide. You discover. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: And discovery usually comes through observation. And it's like me hearing Motown for the first time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I never knew later on I'd work with Smokey Robinson, Wow! and then he'd be one of my best friends. I never knew that when Stevie Wonder got his NAACP award for Lifetime Achievement, that he would ask me, to be the one that drove with him in the car. He says, cause Tim, cause you get it. Wow. I knew that Suzanne DePass, who was the vice president of Motown, would be my manager. Hmm. I never knew that Barry Gordy would come to my Hollywood Bible study. I never knew that Natalie Cole would be one of my best friends. I didn't see that coming. Wow. I just knew that when I heard music, I discovered something. So the, the decision part needs to be done every day of our lives. But you gotta make room for discovery. Because the discovery is sometimes God opening divine doors.
0: Yes, yes,
1: I'm sure. So that's very important because there are people that have prayed for you that doors would open. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can be so locked into your decision mode of this is my two year goal, my four year goal, my six year goal, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And I even even believe in vision boards. But really, maybe, you know, God will come and say, let me just shift that up a little bit. And it is the decision, but it's also the discovery.
0: I love that. And and would you agree that in order to be open to discovery, you have to have a little bit of, um, I guess, humility and kind of getting out of your own way? And also kind of handling your fear because sometimes people i've seen people get opportunities handed to them and they just turn them down because they're afraid which and which is unfortunate because you know you have no idea what what's out there if you just you don't just try so how do you what do you what do you say about that
1: that's that's a a beautiful way of saying it i think one of the things that people lose is their innocence hmm. and i am i have i have maintained my innocence even by going through things that were not so innocent. Like what? Um, just pain of maybe people trying to hurt you, or steal from you, or blog against you, which, you know, that, that threw dirt on my innocence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll bet, yes. Yeah, <laughs>
1: if, if you trust somebody, but they're stealing your money, and you've known them for 15 years, that throws dirt on your innocence. So, so my innocence has been challenged.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I believe that my innocence and my curiosity have really been a key to me keeping the doors of discovery open. Okay. See, I'm, I'm very light on my feet. I, I, I remember somebody coming up to me at an airport And they said, Tim's story. I said, yep. They said, oh, man, I saw you speak in Baton Rouge 10 years ago. I want to say this about you. I've been watching you for 15 minutes. No, I didn't know that. We We were on a layover at an airport. Oh, wow. I didn't know the person. And they said, we saw people coming up to you. You were joking with them. We saw you on the phone. We saw more people come up to you. You were joking with them. He said, this brother said, I told my wife he's still walking. He's still he's still walking that same walk.
0: Mm-hmm. And I said,
1: what do you mean by that? He said, You've always had this way about you like you like like you walk on air. And I think the innocence and the curiosity, man, we gotta we got we gotta somehow guard that innocence and keep yes. the curiosity.
0: Yes, and and, and it's hard because like in meeting you I can tell you're you're completely genuine, but once you've been burned it's hard to let your guard down it's hard to it, it, you you want to actually look for the flaws as opposed to just receiving somebody as is and and not be, not being um, um, passing prejudgment. so do you, do you wrestle with that at, at where you are in your at, at your stage and what what advice would you give
1: i think for for me that that is not the difficult area i have other areas i wrestle with but somehow early i really believe that god is my shield
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my strength uh i do believe that god is my refuge and i really do believe it that vengeance is god's and not mine yes and then if i don't walk in first corinthians 13 that somebody whatever they try to do to me they took me out of my walk First mm-hmm. so 13 of course is the famous love scripture Yes. Love keeps no record of wrong. Mm-hmm. Love does not think of evil, mm-hmm. but always of good. Okay? And so my strength is I walk in love. Mm-hmm. So if somebody tries to pierce me with their words, with their sayings, with their blogs, which they sometimes do, I cannot let them take me off my love walk because my love walk is my strength.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that.
1: I got I to gotta, I gotta leave the battle to the Lord. I'm not going to battle back.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you. And, and, and most times people want, they want you to jump in the, mud with, in the mud with them. Yes. And go down to that level, which is not worth it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then you lose yourself. For sure. So can you talk about, um, what, 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 do you, what do you mean when you say that, that life can knock the shout out of you?
1: That was actually one of Oprah's favorite things that I say is that when you're a kid, most kids start with a shout. Mm-hmm. They, they're in the room and, and the volume's high. Uh, go to most schools at recess with the younger kids, there's a shout. Junior high, a little bit here and there. But elementary kids, there is a shout. Yes, They're playing, they're running, they're shouting. Um, There's a business that I consult with and right across the street is an elementary school. And I love it to go to that business because when I come out to go to my car, you hear this shout because they're out out there playing and they're shouting. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times as people get older, even again, junior high, high school, things have happened in their life which I call life interruptions Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that knock the shout out of you. Major things that you deal with. It could be um, molestation. It could be drug addiction. It could be your parents got divorced. It could be you struggling with your self-esteem. So things that take you from the high volume Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to where life hits you and knock the shout out of you. And so I told Oprah, there are ways to get your shout back.
0: And how do you get your shout back?
1: Okay. The way you get your shout back, number one, is to be grateful for the shout that still is in you. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to several psychologists about this, psychiatrists about this, that have heard me talk about this. And they said, Tim, I agree with you because I say that the shout is not always verbal. Hmm. It's sometimes in your expectation, in your imagination, Uh in your hope. There are some very quiet kids that the parents get nervous and they go, oh, my kid has no shout. You don't know that.
0: No, that's right.
1: Because you're trying to determine that shout by what's verbal and vocal. His shout may be his imagination. Mm -hmm. Like a Pharrell Williams, he was not that vocal and verbal when he was a kid, but yet he was creative and he was imagining things, and so the shout was in the imagination. Yes. This is beautiful stuff. I love that. that. And I have found that people that I've dealt with that even were molested and terrible things happened, that their shout that they maintained Mm -hmm. was... I will someday get out of this house. Mm. I will someday get through this. I will someday get out. Even when I deal with prisoners, because I deal a lot with incarcerated, they're, they're within the confinement of a prison, mm. but they did not let life take the shout out of them. Wow! The shout is through the imagination.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And so, so the, that's the first one, be grateful. What's, what's the, other, the other two? Okay,
1: so, so number one is to get your shout back is is to be grateful Uh okay uh the second thing is to remember the shouts of the past Hmm. and it's very important to go back to times when we did have our shout and this is an area where i'll i'll be dialoguing with someone that i life coach with and they try to challenge me and they go Really, my child had no shouts in it. I go, okay, let's take our time on this. Mm-hmm. And then as they begin to reflect, they'll say, well, it did. I remember when my 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 cousin taught me about my hair and how to do my hair. <laughs> or I remember the first time I went to Disneyland. Or oh, I remember this boy that I liked in seventh grade. Uh-huh. See, make, make sure you remove the cloud from your shout. Yes. Because we we all have something to reflect on, mm-hmm. even if there were little God moments that came in the midst of darkness. So yes. so, so number one is to be grateful. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is to go back and remember the times you shouted in the past. I love that. Okay? I love that. Mm-hmm. And the third the third thing is to really walk by faith, that the volume can come back to your life. I love that. Yeah, and there's a beautiful scripture, Ecclesiastes um, chapter three, the famous times and seasons. It says there's a time to be silent and a time to speak. Uh The word silent in the Hebrew actually means there's times where your life will be at a whisper or a hush. The word shout or the time to speak means there's a time where the volume will come back. Mm -hmm. So by faith, look for the volume.
0: I love that. Now now I I know that's, that's your, your, your foundation is um, the Bible. Now what would you say to somebody who doesn't believe in God? Uh, Because even if you don't believe in God, you still have the same experiences of the ebbs and flows of life. Uh, and is, is your approach to, to people who, who are atheists different than someone who doesn't believe in something
1: higher than them? You know, the interesting thing about about my life, um, even I, I pastor a church, is that we have them coming from all walks of life, including people that really don't believe in God, but they believe in Tim's story. <laughs> I was, love that. So the, the, the approach is the same. And it's called The Congregation, correct? The Congregation. So I, I pastor a church called The Congregation. It's in Placentia, California, which is by Anaheim. And I'm coming to visit. And you are coming to visit.
0: I'm coming to visit for sure.
1: Yes. You're coming to visit, and we're going to dialogue and continue to do great projects together. Awesome. But yeah, I, And I do life coach some agnostic and atheist people. And the reason I do share the Bible sometimes, it's, it's what I know. And it, it's, it's kind of like when you, when you get with Smokey Robinson, you talk music with him. Mm. He loves to reflect to guys that he grew up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, beautiful conversations. I'll bet. And I noticed that he loves to go back to the same things because it's what he knows. That's right. And so 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 this is what I know. And this this is what has worked and is working for me. And so, but if if somebody is uh, an, an atheist, I, I would say go back to hope. Go back to things that worked for you in the past. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So
1: I think I think hope is still a very powerful thing, even if your hope is not in God, just hope.
0: Yes, I love that. And then what do you say, because I, I know I've encountered people and not recognizing or, or understanding, so to speak, that, that there are the ebbs and flows in life. And they kind of go with, okay, they, they, they want shouting all the time. They want things to be exciting all the time. And life is not like that. So how do you, how do you counsel people like that? How do you, um, what do you, what do you say?
1: Yeah, I think, and, and I do challenge them. Because, again, there's times and seasons. Mm-hmm. Time to mourn A time to dance A time to gather stones A time to throw them away Ecclesiastes As we said time to be silent A time to, to, to speak So life's, life is ebbs and flows Let's even take it to seasons Winter, spring, summer, fall sure. So there are people right now It's summertime As we do this podcast But there are people in a winter season
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but they're in summer. Mm-hmm. So hmm. the thing is, is that whatever season you're in, let's get the, the most we can out of that season. If your mother is ill and you just had to put her in a home, you're in summer, but that's winter.
0: I hear you. Okay. It's okay
1: to grieve. It's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. you just found out your dad has Alzheimer's, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be sad. But there are many parts of your life. So in some parts of your life, you're in the recovery zone. Mm-hmm. Well, other parts of your life, you're in the discovery zone. Mm. So make sure you go through recovery and discovery at all times. I love that. So love no that. matter what season you're in, winter, spring, summer, fall. I mean, I've got like, so many great projects going on, but I also hear horrific things every week because of what I do for a living, of people with addiction, people that don't make it, people who go through terrible dilemmas in their life. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling winter in the middle of my summer, but finding a way to get through.
0: Wow. So so who does Tim's story go to? When you, uh, you need to offload, I'm sure you, you see a lot of things, you hear a lot of things. Who who do you go to? I I, I remember one day we were um, we were talking, and um, your mother called. Yes. And you you took her call, which which was beautiful and expected. Is are you is, are you close to your mom? Is is she someone who counsels you still, or what?
1: Yeah, what I'm is- very I'm very very close to my mom. So I see my mother like twice a week. She's 87. Mm. And part of my strength that 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 I get from the, my mother is just her being. Mm-hmm. It's not even what she says to me. It's just to walk in her house and, and feel the legacy. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Of, of her working two shifts at Winchell's Donut Shop mm-hmm. to help her kids be okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: To see what she had to go through of uh, her, her husband passing and then two of her children passing. I had a brother pass. So she went through a lot of pain. So when I go there, and we, I would say 70% of what we do Mm -hmm. is crack each other up.
0: (laughs) That's nice. I love that. So she's
1: really into humor.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And we do a lot of laughing about things. Uh, So I get things from my mother. But I have some really great male friends. And Mm -hmm. for a guy like me, I need that. I love that. And so I have a lot, a lot of bonding with male friends.
0: Well, that's interesting because I had a conversation actually with an Uber driver uh, who, and he was saying that men don't get deep, that men will talk about the weather. Uh, and after they've gone through something, they'll say, hey, man, yeah, I went, I went through that about a year ago and, and they don't share. So it's, it's and, I, and I find it not unusual. I don't want to be judgmental, but. I'm always curious to know, like, do, 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 do the men actually talk about more than just girls and sports? Because it sounds like you must, you must go deeper than that.
1: I would say <laughs> that the Uber driver is making a lot of sense. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think most men stay very shallow. Yes. But here's what I, here's what I believe. The deep calls on the deep. That's right. So, like, a person like you, one reason we get along from BAM, from the start, is I could feel your depth. Mm. And so it brought it out of me. So I think I'm bringing it out of men, and they're not even trying. Because it's very common that uh, their wives will say, Tim, my husband never talks to people like that. (laughs) So I think deep calls in the deep. So I think that there is a depth in me that's drawing of admin and so there's there you know for me needing men some of the men that i now go to weren't deep to start with well well, uh, well
0: just i'm um, through your association i'm sure that like you you cannot be around Tim's story and not become greater and become better
1: well well thank thank you for that and um But the old school brothers have really helped me, like Quincy Jones. Um, He's been around me for years. He's a a real mentor of mine. Um, So many many of the guys that have done well that I don't need to keep telling their names. But these guys love me. They back me up. They got a lot. They're not jealous of me. So I've been very very fortunate. I love that.
0: And because I remember seeing one of your videos and when you said this, this part, it really just, it, it hit me. Mm-hmm. And you talked about plan, person, and partners. Mm-hmm. And then you said, when you go through something, at some point you have to actually um, plug into someone else's oxygen. Yes. But that just really, it really resonated with me. Because I, to, to your point, you have to be careful who you're spending your time with and who you're around because you, you, you're sharing it's it's not just that the, the regular associations there's 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 a there's an energy that you're sharing it's, it's it's deeper than just oh you know let's go and 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 I say I share that because I'm very selective and who I spend my time with because I know that if you if you spend time with I'm not saying bad people or whatever everyone has their own their own their own um, path but I just choose to spend time with people whom I know I have that in common with good character and and so on
1: yeah so I'll give you I'll give you an example of something that's just Practical and realistic. Okay. As I go along my day, I may get anywhere from 30 calls to 100 calls a day. Wow. And it, and it does go as high as 100.
0: Huh.
1: Now, so, I cannot change my phone number now. I do block some people. <laughs> because there's a lot of people from the past that are important to me that have my number, and even if I was to say, hey, I changed my number, it's amazing how many men don't know how to, like, compute that. (laughs) (laughs) And then then I'll get a call from, uh, like, Verdeen White from Earth, Wind & Fire, he's like, brother, where you been? I "I sent you a thing that said I changed my number. Uh Oh, man, I I mean, uh, you, you left all of a sudden. I send you a thing that said I So, my point is this. Today, I plan on having a good day. I'm enjoying talking to you. Uh, some of my team, we're going to go to Laguna Beach. We're shooting a bunch of things hmm. for some TV stuff and projects we're doing with a great team of people. I plan on having a good day. Now, There are going to be some folks, they're going to be calling me, and them not knowing, they're trying to take me off track for my good day.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Okay? Yes.
1: And they're going to call me, and they're going to ask me, can you get me Laker tickets now that LeBron is at the Lakers? (laughs) They're going to call me and say, so-and-so is in concert. Can you give me tickets? I know he's your friend. Okay. Uh They're going to call me and say, my – my son is moving to LA. Can you hook him up with Jay-Z? So this stuff is gonna happen to me all day long. Wow. Okay. So guess what's gonna happen? My phone, the ringer is not gonna be on. Good for you. After I'm done with some things me and you are working on, mm-hmm. I'm turning my ringer off. Why? Cause I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. And it's setting boundaries. I'm setting boundaries, and I'm going to maintain, I'm going to keep my momentum. Absolutely, absolutely. And Stephen Covey said it best. Somebody else's urgent is not necessarily yours. That's right, that's right. So just because you got a, a thought in your mind. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, LeBron's come to the Lakers. Tim is hooked up. Uh, I want to go. Uh, I, I want to know how to get a partial season package. <laughs> Brother, that's not my job. Do you, know, do you know that I got four calls on that? You're kidding. Tomorrow. Oh, I'll, I'll, bet. That
0: I'll bet. So, yeah. so we can add a uh, vendor, vendor to your, your list of uh, identities? Exactly. You <laughs> on my website. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, um, I can talk to you all day. And I know we've gone on for a while now. But I wanted to just thank you for coming on today and sharing your time and your wisdom. I'm sure yeah. whoever's listening has, have, has I, I know I've learned something, of course. And um, the listeners will be learning something as well. So, thank you so much. But but before we go, though, I want to ask you one question because you've talked about Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, Stevie Wonder, uh, um, you know, all these Quincy Jones, all these major artists. Do you, and I know they're just people, but, and I know going back to your humble beginnings, are there moments where you just say, Wow, I, I'm I'm where, where you are, and, and and what you've done, and what you've accomplished, and who who you're who you're friends with.
1: Does, does it does yes. it. Yes, it blows me away. Okay, like to, to sit in the lobby at a um nice hotel in Beverly Hills and and chop it up with Cindy Portier. Oh wow! And and Cindy Portier saying, "I love what you're about." Hmm. Uh, when Prince was alive for him to see me at an event and walk all the way across and say, thank you for helping my friend. Mm -hmm. And then walk right back. He never said another word, he just walked. (laughs) And apparently he didn't really speak much, so that's huge. No, no, he didn't speak much. Wow. I was sitting at a table with some entertainers. He came across, he got on one knee. He said, Tim, thank you for helping my friend. He gave me a hug, I went to say something else, and he can't walk. (laughs) (laughs) That is so beautiful. So so yes, it blows me away. Can I say one thing about an app that we have?
0: Absolutely, please, I was gonna ask all the details, for sure.
1: So I have an app called Utmost, Mm -hmm. and at this point, um, it's just for the iPhone. So for all you iPhone users, you can go to the App Store, it's called Utmost with Tim Story. Love and that. Story is S-T-O-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. And we also have timstory.com. You can find all things Tim Story. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. And, um, but the Utmost app is something I'm very, very excited about. We had some really key people that helped us put it together. And it's me walking you daily in your life from going from almost to utmost in every area of your life so the utmost thing.
0: I love that and we'll have to definitely check that out and thanks so much for sharing that and and your time and your expertise everything it's been lovely to speak to you again thank you thanks so much Tim and if you loved what you heard today please go to my iTunes page and write a comment reach out to either myself or to Tim with any comments uh, we we're always welcome your feedback correct yes we do. thank you much so much Tim Take
1: care. You're very welcome.